0: So we are in week two of our new series called The Death of Death. And this week, the paradox of Jesus continues. So today, what we're going to see is we're going to see Jesus hold up and demand from us something. He's going to demand from us perfect obedience, yet at the same time, shower us with Love And it is this paradox where Jesus is holding up both his justice and his love that we're going to stand and not, well, we're going to bow to him, but not because we have to, but because we want to. When we untangle this paradox of his justice and his love, this is the stuff that makes us see ah. Oh, He is more worthy. He is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And when this truth that we're talking about today is tackled and untangled, something very peculiar happens. It's likely that you're gonna leave here today either thinking that Jesus is the greatest thing that's ever happened to you, and you're gonna see his glory, his beauty, and his worth and be in awe of him, or you're gonna leave here and you're gonna say, man, that seemed kind of harsh. That seemed a little intense for me. Is God really like that? And I want to tell you that as we're tackling this truth today and as we're untangling this truth today, if you are leaving here thinking, man, God seems a little bit harsh to me right now. I'm not so sure. Ah, this doesn't seem so great to me. If you are saying that, then you are missing something. And this happens all of the time. All of the time. I found that a major pitfall for Christianity is this is what happens to people. There's this beautiful painting of Christianity, but what happens is people get really close to the painting and there's a particular part of the painting that they're looking at, and it's the only thing that they're focusing in on. And because they're looking so closely at this painting, they're missing the beauty of the whole thing. And if that's happening, if you're only looking at part of the painting, it's gonna rob you of the delight and the riches of the love of God in Christ. And this happens all the time to people. I remember about a year ago, we talked, about, we, we had a truth that was similar to today's. And I looked out and people were in tears, happy, joyful because of what God has done for them. This love of God was just seen and displayed and they're in tears. But then I also heard somebody said, somebody had said, man, that seemed a little bit harsh. Is God really like that? And today, You've gotta listen. Don't miss it. You've gotta see the whole big picture or else you're gonna leave here thinking something about God that isn't true. Okay, so here we go. So here's the setting of our verses today. So Jesus has just been, he's about to be arrested. He's about to be taken to be crucified. And we've got Peter here and Peter's ready to fight. He's ready for this not to happen. And here's what Jesus says. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First, they led him to Annas, for he was the father of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. All right, so the first thing that needs to happen today is I've got to set up these verses. And the first thing that we're talking about, the first thing that we're going to look at is the justice of God all throughout the Bible. And particularly, we're going to look at, right, this point is going to be the good news about the justice of God. All throughout the Bible, it keeps talking about God is just. He's the very definition of justice. So justice is about things being the way that they're supposed to be. So we gotta think of justice in two ways. One, anything that's wrong being made right. That is God bringing out justice. We're also called to take part in that. If you see something wrong, we make it right. Another, the second part of justice is anything that has been, that's done wrong, there has to be a punishment for it. Anytime something has been done wrong, there has to be a punishment for it. So any injustice that's been done to you or those that you loved, God is gonna bring upon justice and make it right one day. Everything that's wrong, he's gonna make right and he's gonna punish all wrongdoers. So God is the God of justice and his wrath comes down on anything that is unjust, anything that is evil. And here's the thing, God's wrath is good news because it is God's wrath that brings upon us a perfect world. And when that happens, all of the world will be made right. Heaven and earth will be woven together, united as one. So what I want you to see here is that in order for us to have the world that we long for, the world that we want The justice of God has to be lifted up and poured down upon the earth. The great promise of Christianity is that one day, all that is wrong with the world will be made right and God will burn away all evil from the world so that it might be perfect as it is meant to be. And see, heaven is a world of perfect justice. And if any injustice has found its way into heaven, then heaven is no longer heaven anymore. Right? And so in order to bring heaven to earth, all injustice must be burned away. So you got to imagine it like this. Imagine there's a steel house and the steel house represents all that is perfect. It represents all that is eternal. And then inside of the steel house, there's all of this trash that's stinky, it's smelly. And so what would happen is if you burned this house, the steel, all that is perfect, all that is eternal would remain, but all the trash would be burned away. And that is essentially the promise of Christianity. All that is wrong will be burned away. Anytime you experience something that causes sin, Hurt, guilt, shame, sadness, loneliness, fear, or death, death itself, all of that is trash that's meant to be burned. And your dissatisfaction in this world, anytime you feel dissatisfied with the world, it is a dissatisfaction with the trash that has found its way into this world and into our lives. So every experience of dissatisfaction because there's trash, essentially. But the good news is that God's wrath is coming to burn up all of that trash one day. And he's gonna bring about a perfect world. It's the world that we long for. So when life is hard, and we're like man this is too much i just want things to be made right that is a longing for us for the justice of god to come down and the wrath of god to be poured out on anything that is wrong with the world when when your child is sick this is and you long for your child to be better this is a longing for justice because justice is about everything that is wrong in the world being made right when you feel Old and like your body isn't working like it used to anymore and you want to feel young again, this is the problem and ju- God's justice is going to fix this one day. This is the great problem of, great promise of Christianity. When you keep feeling tempted by the same sin over and over and over again and you keep falling into it you, and you don't want to anymore, this is a desire for God's justice to come down and when you're suffering and you want it to be better, this is a desire for justice and when you lose someone that you love, and you cry. This is a cry for justice. It's a cry for the wrath of God to be poured out on death itself. Everything that makes you hate this world, it's a longing for God's justice. It's a longing for Psalm 75, 8, listen to this, for it to come true, which says, for in the hand of the lord there is a cup with foaming wine well mixed and he pours out from it and all the wicked of the earth shall drain it down and this is the cup of wrath that burns up all that is wrong with the world and anything that's evil anything that's sinful anything that's a result of sin it's a cry for justice for it to be, for all justice to come down, to clear the earth, even of death itself, to lock it up in its own grave. So our great longing, our great longing for the world that we long for is a longing for God's justice to come down and his wrath to burn up all that is wrong with the world. That's all we long for, but there's a problem. We are part. I mean, the big problem for us is that we are part problem. See, in one sense, we are very much victims of this world, but in another sense, we are victims of a world that we have created. So there's a, this famous Christian philosopher, whose name is G.K. Chesterton, and he was asked one day, what is wrong with the world? And his response was, I am. Now see, the problem is that the world that we want is a world that we aren't fit for. Our cry for justice is problematic for us because as soon as we cry out for justice, eventually the heavy hand of God's justice is directed towards us. And we are there on full display, naked and exposed. See, as soon as we say, God, fix this world, the problem is then we have this cup of God's wrath that is being directed towards us because we have asked God to fix this world because we are part of the problem, so it's directed towards us. Now, this is the part I'm talking about here, guys. This is the part where you're like, okay, I'm ready to get out of here. Like, this is horrible. I don't wanna hear about this. Listen, this is the part of the picture, and you've got to look at this picture because if you don't look at the picture, you're not going to see the beauty of the whole. You're not going to see the part that comes next that makes Jesus all the more beautiful to you. So got, So just stick with me. And you say, oh, this truth is beautiful. You believe this truth is beautiful? Yes, it's beautiful, but you've got to wait. Just stick with me through this. See, our temptation right now, the temptation we all have in this room right now is that we want to minimize... God's justice. And we want to say, God is going to grade on a curve. Like, okay, I need to get a C, and if I can get a C, I'm good. Like, if you're, you're like, living your life, and you're kind of, like, at a D, you're like, oh, man, it's time for me to get my life together so I can get up to a C, because C earns degrees, and I want this degree of heaven to be passed, so if I can get in, so I just, I know I need to get this C. So let me straighten up a little bit, and I'll get there. And We say as long as I'm not like Hitler, like I should be good, right? But here's what happens. As soon as we're saying, ah, I just got to get a little bit better, here's what happens. As soon as we start minimizing God's justice, we usher in all kinds of injustice into heaven. And then now heaven is no longer heaven and you would never be happy with that world. So we scream for justice until it's pointed right at us. It has to be pointed everywhere or else we don't ever get the world that we long for. And it's something the Bible keeps trying to convince us of that we're not fit for heaven, but we don't want to hear it. We want to tune out that part. We don't want to see the whole picture. We just want to focus in on this part of Christianity, but not this part. But as soon as you take out this part, you make everything not beautiful anymore. And you're going to see that in a second. So the Bible is trying to show us that the world is the way that it is because we have ushered a sickness into it. So I want you to think of it like this. You're in this courtroom and somebody rear-ended you and you're super mad about it and you really want your money but they're not paying you the money because they rear-ended you and you're like, "What, what am I gonna do about this? I'm gonna take them to court. So you take them to court and you get before the judge and you tell them what happened and you say, I demand justice. And the judge says, granted, justice. And you're like, yeah, I'm getting my money back. But then here's the problem. You're in the courtroom. And there are all kinds of things that you have done, that I have done, that we've done in our lives, where there's crimes that we've done against people, and then somebody's ready to try us in that courtroom. We long for justice until it's pointed our way. And so it's pointed at you, and you say, no, 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 you don't understand. I've changed. I'm different now. But... Something wrong has been done. In order for justice to happen, justice has to be satisfied. We're all, we, I mean, you gotta admit this, we are all lawyers to ourselves to some degree, but the facts are the facts. We are guilty no matter how much we wanna try to convince God, ourselves, or others that we aren't. And, you know, <laughs> we like to give lawyers a hard time, Because we feel like uh, lawyers are manipulating the justice system. But listen. We too are manipulating the divine justice system. You know people are usually very when people are very quick to point out the wrong in others usually they're pointing out the wrong that is also in themselves so for example like if somebody someone who's really good at finding liars they're probably also a great liar because they're used to seeing liars because they see a liar in the mirror every single day well listen we are very quick to point out that lawyers like to manipulate the justice system because we are we have gotten very good at manipulating the divine justice system. We demand justice until it's pointed at us and then we're like, i got to figure something out. How can I tweak this? How can I manipulate this? And so here's what we do. We focus in and we say, you know, I'm broken. i am I don't like to think of myself as a sinner. I like to think of myself as being broken. And we all are. We're all just really broken. We say that, oh man, I'm just I'm a victim in this world, and we are. We are victims in this world, but we are victims to a world that we have created, and all right, I'm going to just keep going. So the Bible says something um, pretty, pretty harsh to us. The Bible says that every single one of us, at one point, we were enemies with God, and we had enmity, which means hatred towards God. I mean, that's (laughs) You say, oh, no, I don't know if that's really, yeah, that's what the Bible's saying. So here's what happens. We want God, but we only want God because of the world that he can give us. But we don't simply want God because we want God. And what we are really saying is, God, I really want this world that that you can give me, but I don't want you or your rules or your way of living. I just want my own way of living. And God says, okay, fine. You want to be king, go and be king. And the world is cursed in the way that it is because we are all walking around with crowns upon our head. Sure, like, we're not Hitler, but like, is that what we're going to bring to the table with God? Like, God, listen, look at Hitler, now look at me. Look at him, but now look at me. Like, just make a comparison, God. And, we, and we're we arguing that way, but, but come on, what are you really bringing to the table? What kind of record do you have, and is it really worthy of heaven? So, Start trying to feel what it would feel like to really stand before God, knowing all of the sins that you have, the sins that you would not whisper to anybody. Yes, we'd all pass out, Joe. You're right. You're right, Joe. We would, we would all pass out, and, and we, we keep being a lawyer to ourselves, and we keep being a lawyer for of ourselves, instead of just feeling the weight of standing before the divine judge, the, the cup of God's wrath is good news because it creates the world that we long for and it's good news until it is pointed at us. Now, why am I telling you this? I mean, if this is true, shouldn't we just ignore this? say, Okay, if I'm really doomed, shouldn't I just ignore this and pretend like this doesn't happen? I mean, shouldn't we just leave here and go to the bar and drink ourselves silly if this is true? And I would say, yes, that's exactly what we should do if this is true. It's the most rational thing to do if this is true, unless there is more to the story. Unless we've only seen part of the painting. And the part that I'm about to talk about is the part that will cause you to give yourself over to God and worship him. And you're going to see him as the most glorious, the most worthy, the, the most beautiful thing that's ever happened to you. The greatest thing that's ever happened to you if you will do this. If you will feel the weight of what I just said and then hear what I'm about to tell you. And what I want to do right now, I just want to pray that God will prepare our hearts to hear what he's about to say, okay? So I'm just praying right now. So Father, we pray right now that you would show us how to be honest with you about the things that we have done and that we would take a look at heaven and what heaven is meant to be, a place of perfect justice and that we would see that there is a cup of wrath sitting at the table before us. And now prepare us to hear what you have to say about it. All right, so look at what Jesus says right here. Peter, he's ready to fight. Peter's ready for a rebellion. Peter's got his sword out and he's ready to fight. And look at what Jesus says. Just before Jesus, they're about to take him to the cross, and Jesus and Peter's like, "No, I'm not going to let this happen. It's time for a rebellion." And Jesus says, "Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup of wrath that the Father has given me?" You hearing what's happening here? The cup of wrath that is meant for you, Jesus has just snatched it out of your hands, and he says, "This is the cup for me. This is the cup." I'm going to drink, and I'm going to drink it in your place. You sit down at the table with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and you get there and you're like, oh no, I know what I've done. And now I'm finally meeting God and I'm about to pass out like Joe said. What am I going to do? And so you start lawyering up and you start making a case and you're like, God, you got to understand, I tried so hard. Like I really tried hard, God, and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't live up to the expectations, but please know that I tried and Jesus says, stop it. You already know you're not worthy of heaven. And then he says, but let me drink the cup for you. Give it to me. Let me drink it down. And the Holy Spirit, the job of the Holy Spirit, the whole time the Holy Spirit is saying to you, let him drink the cup, let him drink the cup. The whole purpose of the Holy Spirit coming into your life is to convince you to let Jesus drink that cup. He's saying, ask me and I will drink it. I want to drink it. That's why I'm here. That's why I came to the earth is to drink this cup. Are you making the mistake that so many people make? Are you saying, Jesus, you're a great example for me. Just let me try. I can do this. Don't drink the cup, Jesus. Let me try to drink it. Let me fix what I've done. Listen, if you're doing this, you're minimizing God's justice. And because you're doing that, because you're minimizing his justice, one, it means you're never gonna get the world that you long for, and two, it means you're never gonna discover a God who loves you so much that he's willing to drink the cup for you. Look, if, if you're forgiven without a cost being paid, then that means God does not care about justice. And if God does not care about justice, he will never give you a just world. But if you will see that he is willing to drink it in your place, then what you find is you have a God who loves you beyond what you thought he could love you. And if you're hearing this, if you're hearing this and you're like, ah, oh, you know, this is good. Like, and this is, this is, this is why Christianity is another, another good religion among many good religions that lead to God. I wanna ask you, I just wanna challenge you with this. Show me another God who will drink the cup of wrath in your place. There is none. In other religions, what they're forced to do is they're forced to minimize God's justice in order to let you in. But listen, if that lets you in, then it's letting you into a world that you no longer want because injustice has now entered into it. And, and other religions are, are other, the premise of Christianity is you can't earn your way in. It's got to be a gift from God's grace. Other religions are saying, here is what you need to do to get in. Here's the path. Here are the rules to follow to get in. But listen, if you can earn eternal life, that is not the world that you long for. If you feel like the world that you long for you can earn, then that world is going to fall far short of the desires that you want. And if you don't have a God who will drink the cup of wrath in your place, then you don't have a God who loves you like you truly desire. But when you let him drink the cup, what you find is you have a God who's willing to die in your place. Do you know what happens on the cross? The justice of God and the love of God are both held up 100%. And because of that, there is a collision upon the cross where the love of God and the justice of God collide. Jesus' flesh was torn from his bones, and a crown of thorns was placed upon his skull, and that has nothing to do with the suffering that he experienced compared to the spiritual suffering he experienced when the wrath, when he drank the cup, when the wrath of the Father was being poured down upon him, this cup that was meant for you, when he drinks it down, and when he does it, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that is the moment where he feels the complete loss of the Father and the complete wrath for all justice to be poured down in your place so that now you can be free anything that you have done, all of it. And it is what ushers in the world that you long for. Listen to this, Isaiah 51, says, behold, I have taken from your hand the cup of staggering, the bowl of my wrath, you shall drink no more. He takes it from you and he drinks it down himself. She's so happy about this. He takes it from you. Guys, just picture this. I mean, you've got to feel the weight of this cup. And he's taking it from your hand. He's drinking it himself. Just give it to him. You will feel the weight of the world leave your shoulders. And you'll finally feel what it feels like to know that God loves you more than you knew. And there's nothing that you need to do to prove to him that you are worthy because Christ has already made you worthy. Rest in that. All right, I'm gonna pray. And I'm gonna pray longer than I normally pray here because I feel like there's a lot of weight to this and I, don't, I really don't want any of you leaving here missing this. We gotta see the whole entire picture of both God's justice and his love. All right, so we're praying. Here we go. Father, I pray right now that you would unveil to us the truth of your great unrelenting love that says I will happily and gladly drink that cup though it will be suffering for me. I wanna drink it because I know what it's gonna mean. We can be together for eternity always. And God, I pray that if there's anybody in this room right now that has missed the beauty of this, God, I pray that your spirit would unveil it to them and reveal it to them right now. God, we want to be honest about what your Bible says, about what your word says. And what I hope that we see right now, God, is that because we have been willing to be honest about it, we have discovered a love that we didn't think was possible. God, win us over by this love. And we pray, God, that this truth wouldn't just remain here but it would go out into all the nook and crannies of our city so that your kingdom might come so that we would take the crowns off of our heads of this world that we have produced and put the crown on your head so we might follow you and we might start seeking justice and we might start seeking to right the the wrongs that we are seeing around us. And God, I pray that Whatever holds us back from you and whatever causes us to doubt this truth, I pray that you would remove it so that we might believe and believe more and believe more and discover you more and more and more. And God, with all the stuff that is going on in all of our lives, I pray that as we reflect on this truth, that all of the things and all the sufferings that we are going through, that we might see them wiped away because we have a peace knowing that this is not how it ends. That your justice will give us the world that we long for one day. God, we thank you for that. God, we ask you to forgive us of our sins, and we know that you will, because you've drank the cup in our place. Thank you. Anything that steals that truth from us, God, remove it, please. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.